What's up guys here with you with FC Wonder Kid episode 66 here with my guy Bretson. How are you? I'm doing awesome, man. Hope you're doing well. It has been a busy, busy week. You have been live a lot. You've been all over the place. I've seen your, I mean, it, it's it's been an amazing week of football and getting ready for this football season. Mm -hmm. um, are we, I mean, I don't even know where you want to start because the list is long, man. Yes, we got a lot to do. It is. We do have a lot to talk about. And football hasn't stopped, even though we're in the summer and the transfers have been Bold. But just before we get to it, do not forget to like this video and subscribe to FC Wonder Kid on YouTube. Let's get this podcast the most liked podcast on YouTube. So let's surpass the 300 likes community. Let's one, two, three. Thank you for liking the video, okay, community? There you go. So, yes, just like you said, the transfers. And let's get just by mentioning here at the start the five mm -hmm. biggest spenders. In this transfer window, until now, we have number one, Barca, number two, Bayern Munich, number three, Arsenal, number four, Man City, and number five. This is a team that is going bold, Leeds yeah. United, okay? That's in the top five biggest spenders in the transfer window until now. Oh, my days, man. Yeah, and some, some will say that Leeds United are getting themselves into the type of hot water they got themselves into the last time they were up in mm. the Premier League when they were spending big on Alan Smith, spending big on Rio Ferdinand, spending big on all those names back then. Um, but this is different. Why? Mm -hmm. Because there is income, which we can't say the same about Barcelona, right? <laughs> we do yes. not say the same yes. about... Yes, exactly. But Barca <laughs> have spent 153 million euros and that is a bold number and i gotta say considering that coutinho came for the same price laporta you're doing yeah. good business in my opinion in my opinion Listen, but conte is now I, here <laughs> i know conte is now here and i i'm gonna i'm gonna say it right now if you if you take away the last 12 24 months of rhetoric uh -huh. around barcelona all of the sound bites that that came out if you take away that like Fiscal, my, this this feeling that I feel like Barcelona is getting into fiscal hot water, right? Mm. Where they're financially not doing the right things. If you take that away, there is no doubt. There is no doubt that Laporta, that Xavi, that they are doing absolute bits when it comes to the transfer market. There's no doubt about that. Yes! It's just... It's just for me how they got there. It, that's all. It's 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 the process the and it's, is it sustainable? The narrative, exactly. But if you get, if you rip that band-aid off and you don't think about it, of course you get Conde. You get all of your targets for the most part mm -hmm. in the window, and then now you're even saying they might not be done yet. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, of, of course. It, it just feels to me when you look at the rest of La Liga yes. and what they're currently spending, which is like next to nothing, <laughs> I think beyond Real Madrid, um, and they aren't even spending that much, but beyond Real Madrid, mm -hmm. you have what? Real Sociedad, and you've got Celta Vigo bringing in at least three or four people, but beyond that, there aren't major, major um, additions and to La Liga. So it's literally Barcelona, and for in some mm -hmm. respects, there's two, two sides to the coin. On one side of the coin, I feel like they're doing this to remain relevant and obviously to try and win the Champions League yes. one last hurrah yes. because it doesn't feel sustainable to me. Uh -huh. And on the other side, I guess they're just taking advantage of a transfer market of the fact that they have the most clout still on the planet. 
They bullied um, Chelsea with uh, Rafinha and Conde. Like the pull yeah, of but, Xavi is immaculate. Immaculate. And it's not like I know Laporta in the finances. Talking to the agents, doing that that back, background work. He's perfect. Right. But Xavi, talking to the players, showing the project, showing what is going to be done at Barca. It's, it's impressive, man. And I want to ask you this. Do you believe Jules Conde and Ronald Araujo are the best centre-back duo in La Liga right now? Because I believe in it. Oh, no. I don't no. believe that just yet. I don't believe that just yet. Can they be by the end of the season? Absolutely, they could be by the end of the season. But um, you predict I they mean, will I, by the end of the season. That's my question. Do I predict that they will? I fully the believe they will be considered know. by the end of the season. The be- Come on. <laughs> Some insight on that. Because Conde, dribbling-wise, puts another I, inch to that yeah it, it, it yeah. was needed that's why i think yeah. chavi was so like conde or bust man because conde fits the exact bill to be next sure. to ronaldo rouge ronaldo rouge the, the beast the physique like one-on-one you cannot pass him but conde dribbling decision quality of play he adds a lot about that so i believe yeah. they will I, be considered I will. Hey, listen, I, 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 there's obviously a chance that that happens. And yes, the fact that what Ronaldo Rouge is what, 24, 23, and both 23, 23 still, still mm-hmm. 23. Okay. So both of them obviously are going to have plenty of years to, to grow together. Um, but, but the nature of this transfer window tells me that Xavi wants it right now, right? Yes. He wants what he wants right now mm-hmm. when it comes to it. So they're going to have to uh, step their game up. And I think obviously when you're looking at it, uh, you got to go to the La Liga champions, defending yes. champions. You got to go to the Champions League defending champions. And even they were not that great last season for Real Madrid, mm-hmm. right? They they have plenty. Eder Militao, uh, Nacho. Um, come on, who else am I forgetting? Uh, Alaba, yeah. uh, Rudiger now, Rudiger mm-hmm. now. Okay, so you you have to kind of look at them as kind of the the, the standard of La Liga True. Uh, as it stands. Mm-hmm. Um, and I honestly think that there's just enough potential there too, um, especially if Rudiger, who has not been great in the preseason for Real Madrid, <laughs> if he can mm-hmm. if he can be nurtured by Ancelotti, I think by the end of the year, um, yeah, of course it's going to be a race between Barca's CBs. And, uh, and and Real Madrid CBs. I, I just think Real Madrid CBs have more experience and are going to be able to get it done when when it's a, when it's absolutely necessary and, um, over them right now. And in preseason, we've seen already Rudiger playing at left yeah. back with Ancelotti making that decision. <laughs> when I would expect Alaba playing at left back and Rudiger being next to Ed Milito. So let's see what yeah. is the final decision with the Real Madrid defense with Ancelotti. But do you think next season the Real Madrid midfield will Casemiro, Modric, uh, and obviously, I cross will be the the choice. The Bermuda Triangle, as Ancelotti says, <laughs> the Bermuda Triangle. Wow. Um, I, I mean, they were exposed mm-hmm. a couple times last season. They True. they show that there is a limited nature uh, to their abilities right now. But mm-hmm. did they step up when they most absolutely had to this past season? Yeah, mm-hmm. you're you're damn right they did. <laughs> Champions. Um, when, <laughs> Yeah, whether or not they can replicate that mm-hmm. that chemistry, that you know, that wherewithal, with the fact that you know Modric mm-hmm. looks limited. I mean, he's still world class, but he looks Starts, limited Starts. Uh, Starts. as it stands. 
yeah, I, I, it's gonna be it's gonna be really really interesting to see if that can happen. It's a um, it's a debate between Chuameni and Casimiro, right? Like exactly. between the two. Yeah. But who do you lean on why... more? I go Chuameni a bit more, like, uh, personally, because like the the passing ability and how they're playing with Chuameni, yeah. I'm I've been impressed this preseason with him. But yes, people, put down below all your choices about Real Madrid, the centre-back duo that will play, and the midfield that they will start next season playing, because a lot of doubts. But sticking with Barca, I just want to say yeah. this, man. Dembele has been different gravy this preseason, man. And since Xavi has arrived, Dembele has been superb. This is fucked, in my opinion. And I, okay. again, expect... Dembele to be the top assister in La Liga once again. And what I'm excited is to see Uzmane Dembele in the Champions League. Because I, I, I watched that level, uh, New York Red Bull, I, the Red Bull, the Red Bull game against mm -hmm. Barca. And I was saying mm -hmm. to myself, like Lewandowski is doing everything to get a goal. He did it. But you could see how he was playing with Fatih. With Dembele. The goal of Dembele came from such a good combination from the two. Like, I have very, but very high expectations immediately. From with Lewandowski, yeah. Fatih, and Dembele. I really believe the Real Madrid defense will be in a boot, will be in danger next season. It will okay. not be easy, man. Dembele will not be the same. I am I am very confident in this. Will not well, like different. I, I mean yeah, but like when Usmani Dembele has periods of health, mm -hmm. right? When he is good, uh, he is. Uh, I'm sorry. When he is healthy, he is mm -hmm. he is good. Like we know this. We've seen this with Stad Rene. We've Not seen like this, this with we've seen this with Dortmund. Um, but he is now on yes, one of the most iconic teams on the planet. Mm -hmm. um, under you know one of the youngest, freshest coaches. Um, not youngest, but one of the freshest coaches we'll see around mm -hmm. um, that used to play uh, part of a playing style that is probably one of the most uh, wanted to be replicated on the planet. Most mm -hmm. iconic. Exactly. So when it comes down to it, Usmane Dembele, uh, we knew he was world class previous to any injury. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of can he sustain it? I and you're absolutely right. His preseason form is wonderful. But, mm -hmm. you know, if if preseason is if preseason form is everything mm -hmm. then give arsenal the the premier league title right now <laughs> to stand you know what i mean I, so I, I, I agree i 100 percent agree with you dembele has been electric that's mm -hmm. the only word that i ever really use to to uh to, to detail what usmane dembele can do he can beat you with speed he can beat you with his body he can beat you on the but, ball he can beat you off the ball he's mm -hmm. all over the place it's just whether or not it's sustainable through a for 50 plus game season mm -hmm. um, and whether or not they've got somebody else uh, that can give him, um, I don't know the rest that his body it's might Rafinha. need. It's <laughs> it is. It's the options. It, it is. And it, what I got to say is Dembele is in the past with Messi, like the playmaking of Dembele was limited. Mm -hmm. I really feel in this Xavi ball, Dembele's creativity is in full mm -hmm. potential. He Xavi knows how to play in Dembele's strengths. And that's why I believe that Dembele with Lewandowski next season is about to go bold. Just like Jules Conde okay. and Ronald Araujo. Bold. And I want to mm -hmm. shout out from the bench, two players, Pablo Torre that just came on. Okay. Great transfer. Sure. And Alejandro uh -huh. Balde. Okay. Two players that will be involved coming off the bench. 
and Barca needs players like this, learning the Barca culture, seeing success and wanting yep. it. That's what they need, yep. the Barca genetic, winning. And Xavi knows that that's what he needs to succeed at Barca. Mm. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going crazy. I'm really happy, man, with all I the know, business. I've, For me, I've Barca never seen... is the best yeah. right now in the market. They Barca, Barcelona in this transfer window have done the mm. best business the best business i know they spent the most but i don't it's right. just hope i feel like the past transfer windows barca have been just in the mud time and time again man luke de jong's oh my days and the, now I mean, yeah but, but, but come on man that's where the narrative was last year the ah. narrative, that's exactly that's exactly why half the planet or half the footballing community barca is looking at this and going is going like how is this possible like why wh what um, so yes, there's, there's an, um, mm -hmm. okay. You, you spend a lot. If you spend 150 million plus euros and that doesn't even scrape the wage bill. Um, mm -hmm. well, the champions addition. contenders, right? You'd say you, you believe they're uh, yeah. champions contenders with the 150 million spent Barca. No, I, I don't see them as champions league contenders. No. Still no, even gone Still they're not. going. Hey, Still what does Barca need to Still be not. champions league contenders though? Uh, they they need the gel. They need to come together. And I'm sorry, a couple preseason games in the United States on whatever it, that tells me nothing. It tells me nothing. <laughs> There's promise. There's promise. But like, come on. If we're if we're really Man. Uh, next, you're going to tell me the Community Shield winds up actually no, meaning anything I, I, for the I, Premier I agree. League? Like, I agree on. where you're coming you know, from. But the um, fundamentals, get, like Xavi beats Barca and Xavi beat Real Madrid last season in La Liga with a worse team. Yeah, um, I mean, where where they came from, he also did it over a whole bunch of games. It's not like he took them and went 11-0-0 over the last 11 games. Oh, but he, right? he, he, oh, he went with his He had 26, streak. 27 games to work his magic. Like, they were, they were down the table only because they started off the season wrong. I mean, you know who else did that? Nottingham Forest also did that in the championship. They but, went winless in their first seven and La wound Liga. up getting promoted to the Premier League. I oh. get it, it's the La Liga, but come on. It's La Liga, but come on. Uh, you know, Xavi, it's not like he took over this sinking ship that was going, that was, that he was did. Arsenal. That was Arsenal. No, that was down closer no, no. to the relegation table for a while. Barca this, was it was very bad. Barca before no, Xavi no, no. was very bad with Ronald Koeman. Very bad. There's, no, no player no, would have there, joined. There were injuries. No, no, no. Come on. There were injuries. There were all sorts of things that, that Xavi had to work his way back from. Had to he had to wait to get people back? Absolutely, he did his best with Luke De Jong. He did his best with Martin Brathwaite. He did it. Yes, those Barca were when was, they didn't have money, but then they went and they got money somehow. They found it. They just Barca found was it. They very opened, bad with Ronaldo. Open up the seat cushions. I don't think they. I mean, result wise, you're absolutely right. They were they were they were I mean, bad. Even considering style of play, style of play. Considering, Considering what they went through over the, the the summer, right? Or, you know, last summer, two summer, when, last summer, uh, when it was Lionel Messi, like, crying, right? Exiting, okay? There was all sorts of, I mean, it literally, it feels like keeping up with the Kardashians in, in some respect, right? It feels like a reality show, how we've gone from Lionel Messi's tears to mm. Alex Bryce saying mm -hmm. that, like, this is the most exciting Barcelona team, you know, that... I've never seen you this excited for even a Portuguese national team. I've never seen you this excited for any team uh, long term. And yet I'm the one getting labeled as a Barca hater just because I don't buy in 
to all the absolute positivity. Because you say but that get Barca aren't Champions went, League contenders. Yeah. They're not Champions League contenders right now until they get on the field and they beat Osasuna the and they beat Betis and they beat, right? They don't get to get to be Champions League contenders just from what they put together um, and mm-hmm. coddled together with 150 million euros that are borrowed from the future. They don't okay, get so that. Put down okay? below your so, cho- your thoughts about the Barca Barca transfer window, the Barca <laughs> expectations. Do you lean on Breton's side? Do you lean on my side, the most excited I've ever been side? So put down mm-hmm. below your thoughts about the Barca talk. And now number seven in the highest spenders, yeah. Bayern Munich, because of the Lewandowski mm-hmm. income. They got inside, they leaked, and Bayern starting the season in style winning the Super Cup in Germany. And all I got to say is Sadio Mane, four trophies, okay, in six months. Elite. Yeah. And the African <laughs> awarded the best pl- African player in the world uh-huh. last season, man. This man cannot stop winning. So Sadio Mane is going bold, man. Yeah. And, and, and then they threw, a, what, $20 million at Matisse Tell. So mm-hmm. they're... Uh... They're just doing what they need to do. And we have to take into consideration that they also had about mm-hmm. 80 million euros of outgoing, um, or I'm sorry, incoming, right? Outgoing players, incoming money. So the expenditure obviously uh, sits right in line with mm-hmm. with essentially what they're what they're bringing in. But yeah, uh, Bayern Munich. Um, mm-hmm. Jamal Musiala, just... like Jamal Musiala managed to score a goal and an assist. And what I got to say is the future of Bayern with... Jamal Musiala, Gravenberch, Delict, and Alfonso Uh Davis, all of these players have world-class potential. And Bayern Munich will keep all of them and grow in the future. Kimmich is still there, and he's like 25, 26, or 27. He's still young, considering what he's going to bring for the future. So, Matias Dell, he's going to be a role player, too. So... He, he is, and, and uh, Jamal Musiala, I mean, mm-hmm. I think people people got to take a pause here um, because if it was Jamal Musiala playing for Barcelona, <laughs> right? Pedri's there. I mean, <laughs> it, it'd, be, it'd, be Pedri, it'd be Pedri Gavi all over again. I mean, the way you talk about Pedri and Gavi, you'd be talking about Jamal Musiala the exact same Gavi way. Gavi's 17. Now, I, I know, well, I understand that. Jamal Musiala is only 19, and he only True. really just turned 19. So Jamal Musiala is, is buttery, man. Uh, Mm -hmm. And he's versatile. And I love every bit of it. Um, And to be honest, I don't think they've even unlocked uh, his ability just yet. I Mm -hmm. think he's going to put on a little more size. I think uh, if you give him more minutes and you scale up his minutes this year, uh, he is, by the end of the season, if he's not already in most people's minds like ours, Mm -hmm. who who we look at this all day long, when you mention a Pedri, you probably are going to be mentioning a Jamal Musiala too. Some people already do that. I'm I'm 100% aware of that. But the majority, mm-hmm. the majority of people that watch football well, really only know who plays for Barca, right? Mm-hmm. Jamal Musiala did not start for uh, for Bayern Munich so many times last year, especially in the Champions League, that everybody really knows exactly what he's capable of. And I got to say, based mm-hmm. on based on one appearance, right, in the DFB Super Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, this kid is ready. He's ready to just drop the hammer down on the Bundesliga and potentially the Champions League this season. And I 100% expect to see him, if not lining up in the 11, being an absolute super sub for Germany in mm-hmm. Qatar oh, yeah. uh, in November. So oh, yeah. I, sure. I, I mean, that game for him against RB Leipzig, 
Uh, Sadio Mane at the end was like, yeah, he deserves player of the match, right? <laughs> uh, Nagelsmann knows what he's got on his hands. Mm-hmm. Um, and True. it's Musiala deserves so much credit. Uh, uh, Sadio Mane getting a goal, that's mm-hmm. wonderful. That's great for the narrative perspective. I love to see it. Um, but really when it comes down to it, I want to see more from Jamal Musiala this season and I expect us to. So. True. And like the comparison that must have in the Bundesliga is Jamal Musiala at Bayern and at Dortmund, yeah. Jude Bellingham. Okay. So Absolutely. people should talk much more. I completely agree about Musiala. And he had a decision between England and yes. Germany and he picked mm-hmm. De- in which he will be an icon, I believe, in the future of Germany. Let's wait and see, but great signs. I completely agree. At RB Leipzig, I want to say they're going to the transfer window and rumoredly going to get a fullback, and they are not stopping, okay, to to try to get that Bundesliga title. And it's going to be a battle, man, in my opinion. RB Leipzig, if they keep Gvardiol, in Kunku, they are making a proper statement and signing a player like David Rom that Bayern Munich are interested too. Again, a big statement by RB Leipzig for next season. So uh, absolutely, and you almost have to think like bringing in David Rom is more defense than it is offense because, like you said, Bayern want Bayern wanted him potentially, mm-hmm. um, and you know I guess you do have Alfonso Davies there, but. Byron Byron wanted him. Uh, mm-hmm. Other outfits absolutely wanted him. I'm a little surprised Manchester City didn't take a run at him. But <laughs> when it comes, they I mean Pep wanted Cucurella. He's not true, get true, him. But true. ultimately, what it comes down to is David Rahm has been so immensely consistent, not mm-hmm. just for not just for Hoffenheim, uh, but also for Germany. Um, and it, it it feels it reeks of defense in some. Um, defense in the transfer market in some respects because they currently have a relatively serviceable former Manchester City product in mm. Angelina. Okay, not always a Man City product, but he was on he was a part of the loan army at Manchester City for a while. But Rom is great. He's an absolute. Um, I don't know. I mean, one of these days we have to hire somebody to do individual scouting reports on each of these players we talk um, about because. David Rahm is one of those guys that uh, gives you a whole lot going forward and is very sound on defense. Um, I'm just surprised that it's Leipzig that came in for him. Top fullback. And yes, people, the league too. Like, he didn't start in the game in the Super Cup, and he came on in the 70th minute. So that was good to see options. Mm-hmm. Upamecano getting a chance. But the league managed to, managed to say this too, that he his training at Bayern Munich was the most difficult he had in the past four years okay so Nagelsmann sure. getting praises big praises from the league and it almost makes you think what's happening at Schwinch <laughs> what's yeah. happening at Schwinch but put down below your expectations of Bayern next season okay the transfers all your thoughts about Bayern Munich we want to know what you are thinking and now number three in the highest fenders Arsenal okay and Arsenal in this preseason are six in six and Arteta Cannot, cannot stop winning in preseason, okay? So Arsenal is going bold before the Premier League starts. Undefeated, so. <laughs> man. Undefeated, and uh, they're heaping the expectations on their shoulders. That's mm-hmm. for dang sure. Um, and they're doing it on the back of uh, Bukayo Saka. Four goals, one assist this Ooh. preseason. Martinelli flipped that around. He's got one goal, four assists. You've got Gabriel Jesus with seven goals. And, and now you've got their new captain. Mm. Their new captain. Um, I'm a, are you 
Are you a little surprised that Arteta went for Odegaard as a captain over, say, a Gabriel over, say, uh, hell, I mean, like, I, I like to it. take it away from Jaka? I, I like it. it. Martin Odegaard is the captain of Norway, too. So okay. I feel like national team. And and again, this I've said this. I really believe Odegaard mm -hmm. in the dressing room leads by example. And Arteta would want every single player in the Arsenal locker room to replicate what Martin Odegaard does. I feel like that would be the sign, okay? And Odegaard yeah. must work his butt off, okay, behind the scenes. And I honestly believe he's that type of player. He's that type of player. With how he plays in midfield and how he plays on the wing, you need to have yeah. a, a big football IQ. He must study a lot of tape. So I love I, that. I'm, I'm, I'm with you, and I can't tell you how happy I am for a kid that obviously from the day he was signed mm -hmm. by Real Madrid <laughs> from uh, the Norwegian team that I cannot remember right now. Um, the day he was signed, we all wanted him. We wanted to root for him. Why? I mean, that was the purest definition of a wonder kid. The biggest worry that they would spend that money and then you would never see him again. And mm -hmm. man, was how close was he? How close was he to mm -hmm. floating off into obscurity? True. Martin Odegaard, where nobody would remember his name and he just didn't have anything left in the tank uh, to keep fighting when he was sent out on loan, sent mm -hmm. out on loan, sent out on loan. And I, I honestly, you got to credit Real Sociedad. You got to credit some of these loan places. Um, and in the end, Arsenal, man, Arsenal gave him purpose, gave him a sense of uh, kind of inclusion, gave him the ability to express himself on the football field. Mm -hmm. um, and it is wonderful to see that they they obviously get a whole lot more behind the scenes than what we see on mm -hmm. in the scenes or on the scenes, on the pitch. Mm -hmm. And I'm just really happy that you get it from a purely, I know it's just the captain's armband, mm -hmm. but you know it means a whole lot more. Um, and Odegaard has found a home. And that's True. pretty amazing. That's and, pretty amazing to see. So, And Arsenal have found yeah. their striker. And you said Gabriel Zouz mm -hmm. had seven goals in preseason. A hat-trick against Sevilla. And what I'm most impressed is how he's playing with Odegaard in Arteta's yeah. system. He knew mm -hmm. the assignment to come to Arsenal. And that's why I am so hyped to see Arsenal next season. And again, mentioning once again Saliba. Which oh, still yeah. hasn't gotten a goal conceded in this preseason. The composure. I've watched the games and the composure, the ability on ball. The display mm -hmm. at 21 is miles ahead of the rest. I am very bullish for Saliba next season. Again, going to say yeah. it because he will start. Definitely. Okay. Arteta has been convinced. Mm. I had doubts with the relationship. That's why I really wanted to see Saliba in preseason. I had to because I, if I was going to say these words, it's because yeah. Arteta would trust him too. And I feel like Arteta does trust him. And, he, and Arteta makes decisions fast. Look at Nuntavaj. He's on loan sure. now to Marseille. So yeah. I see. And again, I'm going to say this. We still haven't seen Fabio Vieira at Arsenal. And people will be shook when they see him being introduced in all this mix. Arsenal is yeah. already going bold. Add a Fabio yeah. Vieira, I am absolutely sure they will go bolder. Trust me. Nunez, Darwin, Fabio Vieira. Luis Dias, Fabio Vieira. He's that guy. Trust me, okay? It is, it, it is, um, is going to be an interesting season uh, Five for assists. Arsenal. Um, <laughs> yeah. I Five mean, and, and, and Gabriel Jesus is exactly... 
mm-hmm. is that exactly what it seems like they need. Um, mm-hmm. I, I kind of feel bad for Enketia, um because I don't know. I don't oh. know what he thought when he was signing his contract extension yeah. uh, ultimately. I, but uh, yeah, Gabriel I, Jesus is the, the top number nine for them this season. Um, and I mean, if we're, we're talking about all these new guys, I get it because we're transfer window whatnot. Mm-hmm. But like, come on, Bukayo Saka in that Emirates Cup final, whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it, that drubbing, 6 0 drubbing of Sevilla. Mm-hmm. Bukayo Saka is just going to be so much fun to watch this True. season. True. I mean, he is. He is going to be one of the best young players in the Premier League again, again. like he was the season prior and the mm-hmm. season prior to that. Um, and I'm I'm absolutely here for it. It's just whether or not he takes that next step um, to where it's so damn consistent that every team is prepping for how to shut down Bukayo Saka, right? <laughs> Um, and it's, it's it's more difficult, definitely, with how they're playing with a uh-huh. player and a threat of Gabriel Jesus inside the box that they didn't have last season. Yeah. But I completely agree. If Saka does, if yeah. if Saka no, if Arsenal do not get Champions <laughs> League football to the top four next season, I am sure Saka will not stay. He will not stay, and understandably so. He gave a right. chance. To Arteta and Arsenal. And this is the last dance to convince Saka, in my opinion, okay? Like, it should be, like, in my opinion. But let's wait and see. You, you still know, got Smith Rowe, Martinelli. So, yeah, it's not yeah, the you, do or you die. Wanna, but. You want to know what baffles me, though? Mm. Okay? I, <laughs> like, two years ago, mm-hmm. none of us, you and I knew who Pedri was. We knew who Gavi was. But, you know, at the same time, did we expect them to take that next step with Barcelona and level up like so quickly to the point where they were doing it routinely on, you know, now they're doing it for the flipping Spanish national team. Okay. (laughs) Um, Arsenal has spent just as much. And yet obviously we're not, neither of us are sitting here saying that they're going to be champions league contenders, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, you know, Granite Shaka, if you asked us two years ago, three years ago, um, whether or not Arsenal's foundation was worse than, you know, what Barcelona would be left with if Messi left, if mm-hmm. a, a bunch of these stars left. I mean, we would have probably had to say who had a better pathway to the Champions League final mm-hmm. without, you know, uh, and it probably would have been Arsenal. No, because no, there was never any guarantee. No, there was never any no. guarantee that Pedri or Gavi no. became as as quickly integrated and as good as they have become um, there was no guarantee. And that fortunate stroke of, I wouldn't call it luck, because let's be honest, La, Ma- La Masia, I mean, they know how to develop, right? But the fact that they've been integrated into that 11, I mean, Arsenal here has spent $130 million, right? They're the third biggest spending team. They spent a lot last season, too, and they are throwing money at it. And they are making, in many respects, very prudent decisions, buying people and players that have very particular uh, mental kind of attributes along obviously with their physical attributes and their, their potential. Um, But at the same time, what would it even take for you Mm -hmm. to ever even think of Arsenal Mm -hmm. as a champions league contender in any way, shape or form, if it's not 200 millions of expenditure question, right? Convincing a player like Lewandowski going to Arsenal, convincing world-class players like, Barca's doing, convincing a Jules Conde. Arsenal would right. never, never do that. 
And I think that answers you, your question. <laughs> where do you think Barcelona would have finished in the Premier League last season? Do you think they would have made Champions League? With Xavi. This is with Xavi or without yeah. Xavi? Yeah, I mean, a similar kind of digging a hole and then having to dig your way out of the hole in the Premier League. I mean, the only reason Barcelona um, is in the group stages of, of the Champions League is because La Liga, Xavi. below four or five teams, is kind of... Before Xavi, they wouldn't have gone into even Champions League, maybe, with Ronald Koeman. They were really sinking before Xavi yeah. came. And Xavi, like, allowed Pedri to be that player that you're saying that does a yeah. difference to be in the Champions League. So I, I kind of see where you're coming from because Boy. Arsenal, last transfer windows, I'd say your point fingers would have been wide transfer fee that was high. But a Ramsdale... Yeah. I was he shut yeah. me up personally, and Barca has yeah. their Stegen in their ranks. So like, there's little transfers. Yeah, but, like, but are I, you ever gonna think of Aaron Ramsdale as a as a potential Champions League winner? Oh, if yeah, they if they get if they surround him but, with the right players. So, yeah. so, let me let me just summarize this so I don't like screw okay. it up here because really all I'm simply trying to say is if you put Barcelona in the Premier League mm -hmm. last season and and you go. They're not similar clubs right now, Arsenal and Barcelona. Mm -hmm. I understand that um, in terms of clout, right? Because guess what? Arsenal has Champions League football. Or yeah. Arsenal does not have Champions League football. Barcelona has mm -hmm. Champions League football, okay? Mm -hmm. If you put Arsenal, I don't know, in La Liga, they because they finished second, they probably would have had Champions League football or they finished ah. third. Basically what I'm saying is Arsenal has a harder way. Atletic I guess would they, be they, ahead of they Arsenal. They had their hands on it. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I mean, maybe. It, it's, it's one of those, I never like doing this, and that's why the, the points <laughs> I'm making right now are so warbled. But, um, you know, you make that cross-league type mm -hmm. of comparison, it's always so difficult. But because Barcelona is in La Liga, um, I feel like it was a little more forgiving for them to find their way back into the Champions but, League. But how many points but How many points did they finish off of Real Madrid? Still like this, like late stages of the season, Barca playing and Arsenal yeah. late stages. Who would have won in a game one-on-one? -on -one? I think Barca. I don't know. What? But Barca, Barca couldn't even beat who? What Turkish team did they get? Their, who, who they, they got eliminated Frank, by Frankfurt, Frankfurt, which Frankfurt, Frankfurt not was not <laughs> an easy team in the in, in in the Europa League. Very organized, and but in the same time in the league they were beating Reals, like I said in the in the podcast. I got you. But no, I, I, got you. I, I I feel where you're coming from. But next season definitely mm -hmm. Barca will be. One of the best teams in attacking and defending. I the only doubt with me with Barca's fullbacks, but let's wait and see. And with Arsenal, it's top four. Mm -hmm. Do you believe Arsenal are gonna get the top four? Just a quick, quick glance to those predictions that we will do alive. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um I, I I do have them in the top four, yes. Okay. Ah, so the Gabriel Zuz effect. You believe in it. And the Arteta. Yeah. Arteta call to action is now. So put down below, people, your thoughts about what Arsenal's doing, the expectations, the top score, and even if Arsenal's going to still sign another player. Let, put down below your thoughts. And now, number four of the highest spenders, Man City, that we saw that match yesterday. Liverpool, Man City, Community Shield, Liverpool, and Darwin went bold, winning 3-1 against Man City. Oh, man, Sir. hyped up. Unbelievable. What yeah. were your thoughts on I, it? <laughs> well, I mean, if you're a neutral fan, that was one hell of a game to watch. It was enjoyable uh, for the most part. Um, and, hey, here's what I got to say. Mm -hmm. Manchester City, we all know, is a better team than what played. 
um, True. who played. But, uh, and to true. be honest, Liverpool's a better – obviously, they're both preseason. They're both better than what they played, but Liverpool mm-hmm. had it all together. Why uh, Liverpool uh, essentially mm-hmm. – um, they, they, they might have uh, – you've only gotten Darwin that came off the bench that you really need to kind of – True. kind of bring in there everybody else is is kind of leftovers from last year and mm-hmm. leftovers in a good way right it's the foundation of the team Agreed. and Sadio Mane that's the biggest question mark whether or not uh they can replace and build upon Sadio mm-hmm. Mane's absence um and ultimately Manchester City though who played and became accustomed to playing without a nine last season came into this game having to figure out how to play with a nine now granted oh. it's one of the best if not the best pure nine on the planet right young pure mm-hmm. nine on the planet um, but that still takes some time. Anyone that thinks that it was just going to be a cakewalk, we said this previously, for mm-hmm. Erling Holland to just walk in there, there's no doubt he is uh, smart enough, he is good enough, he is uh, probably going to hit the ground running at some point this season if he doesn't get injured, mm-hmm. um, but he still has to work his way into this new tactical mm-hmm. setup. He still needs to get transitioned in mm-hmm. uh, and needs to get accustomed to Pep. Um, nobody is that good. Uh, just take Leo Messi uh, trying to figure out and find his feet at PSG. Mm. There's also mental things, too, <laughs> for a 22-year-old moving to Manchester, mm-hmm. right? So Erling Holland will find his way. I have absolutely no problem um, saying that Agreed. at all. What am I worried about, okay? Mm-hmm. What does is, what is 90 minutes tell us, mm. okay? He didn't get enough touches. His teammates couldn't find him. They were trying to, Agreed. but they could not find him. There's fault on both sides. There's actually fault on Pep's side to figure that out. But he had 16 touches the whole game. That tells you quite a bit, okay? But within those 16 touches, he had the ability to what? Put the ball in the back of the net. Twice, I'd times, say. Yeah, right? twice. Yeah. Good, good chances. Proper yeah. chances. And, and Right. And one was an absolute howler. Exactly. Fine. That's, <laughs> that's great. That's wonderful. But how many times is that going to happen for Erling Holland? Exactly. Right? exactly. So it, it really kind of comes down to the fact that out of 16 touches, he gets two good shots. Mm-hmm. More often than not, he's going to put that in. And that's assuming he's only going to average 16 touches per game all season, which we know is completely not true. I completely agree um, with you. I completely Grealish, agree with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Grealish is going to find him. Alvarez will find him. I mean, they're all going to uh, – come on. De Bruyne is going to find him. They're all going to find him. And I, mm-hmm. I honestly believe that anyone out there that took these 90 minutes as a chance to basically say that Erling Holland is a fraud, <laughs> Man. you're the fraud. You're the fraud. <laughs> Fucked. Like, you shouldn't hate on Holland just because of that Liverpool game. No, Fucked right all. there, Bretton. And I'm going to say, Man City, I agree. They were in a bad day. And Holland's – that setback that he had, that miss that Haaland had, will enable him to go bold in the future. That is motivation itself to score more than 20 Premier League goals that next season, okay? It's not scoring that, okay? And I'm going to say this about Liverpool. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shout out Darwin, but first, I want to sure. shout out Firmino. For me, Firmino showed to Darwin what he's got to do, and I love the fact that Firmino's getting the respect he deserves, and I believe Asadio Mane leaving does put a bit more shine on Firmino because Klopp even said, he even had to say, mm-hmm. he is uh, unreplaceable. He cannot go. And we all know Vinch were interested in Firmino. And all that news went down the drain with Klopp showing that he believes in Firmino and he will stand by for him. And if Firmino wasn't in that Community Shield game, it would have been very, very different. If Darwin had started... It would have been different. Yeah. And Tiago Alcantara, Firmino, the way Tiago yeah. played, 
Thiago, yeah. no doubt in my mind, in terms of technique, one of the best players I've ever seen in the Premier League controlling that mm -hmm. ball, man. The eloquence. This is different levels, man. Levels that are not matched right now in terms of dribbling. I know De Bruyne is there. Better, better midfielder all around. Yeah. Yes, but technique and dribbling, that is not matched. Thiago, creme de la creme. So, yeah, I yeah. want to shout out Thiago and Darwin. People hating yeah. on Darwin taking off his shirt. That meant a ton to Darwin, the getting the penalty and scoring that goal, because Darwin is an emotional player. He is a player that needs confidence, and Klopp mm -hmm. needs to boost him up, and that's what he will do. I fully believe if Darwin is with this confidence boost that I wasn't expecting to be this soon in the community shield, look, I'm going to say I really believe he might be the top scorer ahead of Salah, but oh might be, might be. Okay. I, 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 like he's, And this is what a World Cup, okay, because Type of player that can score four goals, not against an RB Leipzig in a friendly, but in a prem game two. Again, prem game yeah. two. So yeah, I, I but I yeah. but and last thing, sorry, Darwin, no. you said that Man City were always seeking Haaland. Very true. Mm -hmm. De Bruyne would constantly try to seek a, a pass to Haaland. Always. Alvarez when he come on, playing behind Haaland. That was so mm -hmm. That was great to watch. And seeing Guardiola saying the tactics instead of Alvarez celebrating. This man yeah. is, is a Kimish vibes. It brought me back memories. But Darwin, I think he moved off ball. He was more uh, on display better with the team than Haaland with Man City. I really believe yeah. that build up play, Darwin is more settled in at Liverpool. But all of a sudden, we can see those tap-ins with Haaland changing the whole narrative. But I just yeah. like, I really enjoyed to see how I saw Darwin. I would seriously, well, I, not as soon, not as soon. I think you, you, yeah, you already mentioned exactly why Darwin seems a little more ingrained mm -hmm. with Liverpool's system. And it's Roberto Firmino, mm -hmm. right? Erling Haaland right now for Manchester City had who as a precursor to him? Uh, very true. Who? Very good Who was point. there before him? Yeah. Who's, yeah, who's handing him the reins? Yeah. So, yeah, Jesus is gone. And frankly, I, I'm going to say it right now. I honestly feel like this team, this Manchester City team, um, I'm going to say it again. I got I got kind of beat up for it online, mm -hmm. maybe rightfully so. But there's probably more signings coming from Pep. I would, I'd imagine so. But ultimately, they need him. They mm -hmm. need him because they haven't replaced the speed. Okay, Gabriel Jesus and Raheem Sterling mm -hmm. can stretch a defense. They both can stretch a defense. Okay. And, uh, you know, Jack Grealish, he's going to dribble at a defense. Okay. Mm. He's, I don't know if he's going to stretch one, but on, on the other side, Julian Alvarez to. is still a little bit of a question mark. Although I agree with you, he looked great. Mm -hmm. He looked good, good, very, uh, very good behind Holland. But ultimately, I don't think they're deep enough. They need to be a whole very lot deeper. Point. If they're going to make a run, not just at the Prem again, mm -hmm. but also at the the Holy Grail. True. The Champions And, and seeing Grealish and starting ahead of Foden. Foden was on yeah. the bench in that game and Mahrez and Grealish. And you said it. Grealish, the 100 million, now's the time. Now's the second season that everybody says a Guardiola signing is better. Uh -huh. So everybody's going to be watching Jack Grealish. And if it doesn't work out... He's going to go because that salary is inconceivable for a player that doesn't show the results. He'll even go on loan if he doesn't work out. Jack Grealish knows. So Gucci ambassador, we all have those expectations, man. The world, again, is watching. So, sure. 
Bye. We all have expectations of a, a Gucci ambassadorship too, but uh, nobody's <laughs> nobody's calling me for that. Um, no, I, I do. I gotta say, and I know this is jumping a little bit mm-hmm. all over the place with Darwin, um, mm-hmm. but hey, it, it is amazing to me how people can be polarized oh. on a player that comes in. Uh, he wins a penalty. And he finally, okay, he misses a couple chances. Yeah. Great. He got the chances in the first place. And then he, he puts one away when it counts. Mm-hmm. Okay. So ultimately, if you want to be polarized over that, he's mm-hmm. a young player, just like Erling Holland's a young player still. Mm-hmm. Um, Erling Holland was ridiculously, has been ridiculously dominant for several years now. Darwin had his massively breakout season mm-hmm. last season. Um, these guys are going to be learning essentially on the job, even though – it costs big bucks to bring him in. And I just got to say, I love what Virgil van Dyke said about Darwin after the game. He said, uh, head down, work hard, score goals. That's what Darwin's going to do. And I'm pretty sure certain if you got van Dyke, you know, cheering you on like that and, uh, and giving you motivation like that, you're going to, you're going to do okay. That bold mentality coming through in my veins, man, Darwin, this is what you need to inject in your veins, man. I love that. I love that, Bretson. And I just want to highlight here at the end, Fabio Carvalho, impressive how he came mm-hmm. off that bench and showed immediately, okay, involved in that goal of Darwin. And yeah, just being in the right place at the right time. Fabio Carvalho, he's going to learn a ton. And again, on repeat, yeah. Alvarez. I want to end on my side with City. Mm-hmm. Alvarez, I really believe. I was... Not surprised that he played behind uh, Erling Haaland, but Julian mm-hmm. Alvarez having the possibility of playing behind Haaland and when Haaland gets injured or he needs to, it needs to rest, going to the striker, that means Julian Alvarez will be much more present than we thought at the first place. And that is even better. And he's going to learn in that new role behind the striker. So, hey! Julian Alvarez for, for the amounts of money. That was going to be one of the biggest bargains in the next five years, talking wise. 20 million for Could Julian be. Alvarez. Pa, 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 pa. Elite management, yeah. once again, by Man City. And for the left yeah. back, I know Cucurella, he's demanding 50 million, supposedly. So mm-hmm. we've said it in the past that we believe that deal was going to go through. But personally, me, 50 million, I think that's a bit too. A bit, that's a big stretch for Cucurella, so... I mean, the, the, the ball is in Cucurella's court now because if Cucurella really wants it, which it seems like he does, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, he's been outspoken about uh, wanting to join mm-hmm. you know, a bigger club. Brighton, essentially, to him, was a stepping stone. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is going to be interesting though. whether, exactly, uh, whether or not he goes in and, and plays the disgruntled employee mm-hmm. or he just gets on with his game and has another you know, solid step forward season and makes, uh, makes who knows, maybe Barca comes. I mean, Barca has 500, 800, $6 billion worth of uh, nah, buying nah, power nah, these nah. days. Bullbox. Maybe, maybe Barca comes back for Cucurella after they nah, let him go nah. all those years ago. But I do think fullbacks will be the next area that they have to hit. But okay. Aspie and Marcelo's, uh, exactly. but let's wait and see how Chelsea reacts to getting bullied in the transfer market yeah. but yes now number five put your thoughts now down below about we about what we said about man city and liverpool but all your thoughts about the community shield we want to know what you're thinking and now number five in the highest spenders leeds united okay that come mm-hmm. on they're going bold with the money of Rafinha and calvin phillips i really believe yeah. they're doing good deals do you do you agree with me yeah. Breton? Yeah, I mean, they've literally spent everything that came in. 
they have essentially sent out the door. And yes, I mean, they knew Rafinha was leaving. They knew Calvin Phillips was leaving. They decided not to try and stand in their way. They just wanted to make sure that they were somewhat Mm -hmm. properly compensated. I think most people think Rafinha was underpaid for, but Mm. hey, what can you do? I think Calvin Phillips, that was probably safe uh, for that amount. You don't? No. Um, Now, I mean, here's the thing is, you know, you spent... You spent a lot of money. You spent all that money and you didn't keep any for like a rainy day fund. Um, and, uh, you know, you spent about 50 million of that on two Americans, which I know really mm-hmm. rankles a whole lot of people out there. Um, but, but by the end of this season, mm-hmm. Tyler Adams, I think, is going to win a whole lot of people, not just as Leeds United fans, a whole lot of people that watch Premier League football on a regular basis, which mm-hmm. is, you know, the whole world. Um, I think you're going to find... Um, you're going to like Tyler Adams a whole lot. He's a, he's a bulldog, an mm-hmm. absolute bulldog. And is going to be, not mentioned. His, uh... not, oh, mentioned. Yeah. Um, not mentioned. Should and, be. And Brendan too. Like yeah. you, we all know, but I, what I'm going to highlight on the leads, it's mm-hmm. Christensen is the, the fullback. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is for me. He's going to be one of the best fullbacks straight away in the Premier League, and people will be, we've got to sign him. So I fully believe yeah. at the end of this season, he will not even be there. <laughs> oh, so yeah. uh, that's, that's my prediction. <laughs> I mean, and if, and if Sinistera uh, puts in 10, 15 goals uh, mm-hmm. and Christensen, and that, and that is a lot for, for a team, it is. a it Leeds is. United team that was in a, uh, in a relegation scrap. I yeah. mean, more than a relegation scrap. They were in a war for mm-hmm. their Premier League lives last season. True. Um, if, if he can put in double digits next season in his first season in the Premier League Agreed. and stay healthy, uh, you got to think 25 million at some point could become 50, True. 60, 70 million a la Rafinha, maybe in a different manner. Maybe it takes several seasons, not just one season. Uh, but Sinistera, you can see value right away in him. Christensen, absolutely. I mean, Red Bull Salzburg to here. Um, he should be going for 30, 35 next season if mm-hmm. all goes well. If if everybody in the Premier League sees the quality that you and I have seen uh, for Salzburg under they Marsh will. at times, um, it will be really, really good. And all these guys, you're, you're talking 21, 23, 23, 18, if you bring in Darko Giabi um, from and, Manchester City. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's just whether or not it translates. And it, it's... I believe it's all players that Jesse Marsh believes he can improve. Like all these yeah. American players, he he naturally must believe Aronson, Adams, and Christensen will be at another level playing with him. Yeah. So I'm yeah. very excited. I think Leeds will be a dark horse in the top 10 that people aren't mentioning. And I believe there's a lot of hate for the U.S. men's national team. I believe in that hate. I believe in that. And another thing too is Banford isn't mentioned, and he was always injured, I know. Yeah. But if Banford starts the season healthy, scoring the goals that Leeds needed, like the top scorer last season was Rafinha with 12 goals. Leeds yeah. needs more. And third was Rodrigo Moren with six. Like, Sinister at Feyenoord scored more in the league only. So that's what Leeds need. They need the scores. And I, again, I believe Leeds, they're going to go both next season. So, I yeah, mean, people, they uh, have, they, well, hold on. They got they got a whole lot of pit bulls on that field. And it's just whether <laughs> or not they can make a, a cohesive footballing squad out of them mm-hmm. uh, that doesn't get them into the hot water they got into last season. But if you're going to mention Rodrigo, you're going to mention Bamford coming back from injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe Gelhard. Uh, did what he could um, and and scored some very timely goals for mm-hmm. Leeds United late on. And I would love for him to actually get a sustained run out. 
Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, if you know if the gaffer thinks it's worthy. Um, but yeah, of course, there's a little bit of an anti, uh, you know, Americans don't know ball uh, bias here. And, and that's Ted OK. Lasso I think just <laughs> exactly. I mean, and then it's Crystal Palace, of course, you know, AFC Richmond at Ted Lasso is inspired uh, by Chris, Crystal Palace and what? used the grounds in London and all that fun stuff. So there is that. And they're the ones that wound up using the Ted Lasso intro to introduce Chris Richards. Oh. But over here, Jesse Marsh. Hey. You, mm-hmm. you can't say he's a Premier League manager um, mm. un, until he delivers results. Relegation, that was... not getting relegated, was a first step. That's great. Yeah. But now he's going to get a full season under his charge, unless, of course, he starts out the way he did at Leipzig. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm here for it. it. This is a seminal moment for you know an American manager in the Premier League, and he has managed to bring in two players that are American as well, uh, so yes, it is Leeds USA, and they're gonna live and die uh, mm-hmm. by whether or not these uh, these Americans can actually get something done on the field for the fifty million that were spent to secure them. So put down below, people, your thoughts about Leeds. What's gonna happen? Are they gonna bring another player? Yeah. Put down below what you think is gonna happen with Leeds United. And just connecting here, a player that was rumoredly nonstop to go to Leeds, and his mm-hmm. destiny has been revealed by. By Fabrizio Romano and Charles de Ketzeler. I'm so happy, man. Milan, you went yeah. bold the right way. And I love to yeah. see Maldini making the right choices, picking Charles de Ketzeler ahead of Noah Lang. Creme de la creme. That is the bold right way. I love it. I yeah. love it. And I really believe the Serie A title race cannot be slept in every single corner you have a contender and asa milan are doing what they can to remain relevant and fight for I that scudetto listen to this because i'm making ac milan the favorites again here we go the ketelaire sandro tonali uh fukayo tomori uh benacer teo um i know i'm Rafael missing some Bra- brahim diaz rafa yasin adli is Whoa. back mm, uh, and he could actually play a role for them this season more likely as a playmaker coming off Mike the bench Magian. um as it starts yeah and and so i mean i'm looking at it and i'm saying there's more sustainable there's a more sustainable foundation here for the rossoneri uh versus say juventus they've already got pogba down mm-hmm. and with a meniscus injury and you've got weston mckenney now out with a uh torn um or a dislocated shoulder he's out <laughs> for the beginning of the Serie A season. But yeah, you've got Vlahovic and you've got Locatelli. You've got a bunch of players beyond that. Yeah, Chiesa. uh, We don't know what he's going to be like after an ACL tear, but we'll see. Ah. I'm sure he'll be fine. (laughs) Inter Milan, though, has the exact same issue. Inter Mm. Milan, they have cash flow issues, so they're going to have to sell. They might need to sell Dumfries, which I'm sure we'll get to. Mm -hmm. They There's there's so many question marks that this is great. Mm -hmm. If you're a neutral fan and you were watching the Serie A Mm-hmm. Uh, race the race for the Scudetto in those last 15 games it was the most entertaining league race on the planet Fuck. for sure without a doubt and I have no doubt that it will be the exact same way for all oh, I'm gonna get it wrong 34 games 36 <laughs> games 38 games I think it's 36. all the games mm-hmm. I think it's 36 too all the Serie A games this coming season and I'm I'm here for it I'm excited um, and uh, Charles de Ketelaer just kind of amps that up a whole lot because it's exactly, in many respects, exactly what AC Milan needs. Exactly. At $35 million 
for for this kid is gonna be um trump change when it comes down to it agreed, That's agreed. Good money. and a, a common pattern you said it's AC Milan, all the players that are at AC Milan, it seems like none of them want to leave and they want to create a legacy at the club. Theo, Mike Magnian, Tonali, Rafa Leão is staying. Like every player will want to succeed and create a legacy, a beautiful legacy for the Rossonieri. And again, I lean on Milan being favorites too. But something bold can happen. And I want to I wanna shout out Juve too. Yes, you mentioned that Pogba injury, that it's a big blow. And yes, I want to point out Pogba is injured. So this puts the pressure on Chiesa and Dusan Vlahovic and Di Maria putting on the goals and making that absence not be noticeable, which will be difficult with Locatelli will have to go bold in that midfield. So I'm dying to he see. Will. And even Bremer replacing De Ligt. I don't know yeah. how that's going to work out too. I've, he's a good player, but different yeah. levels too. So, and Chiellini first season out, now at ALFC. And Inter, you yeah. mentioned. Yes, Inter. Yeah. Dumfries will leave, as it seems. And another centre-back. I still don't know if Milan Skriniar or Bastoni is going to go to Tottenham. Every single week I see. Tottenham are going to get an Inter Milan centre-back. They're going to get an Inter Milan centre-back. Come on, on repeat. We all know Conte loves to sign his former players. So let's wait mm -hmm. and see if Bastonio Skrinja really goes to Tottenham. So, well, well, I'll, I'll tell you what. Mm -hmm. um, it The the Juventus thing, mm -hmm. um, I, I just don't... Miretti, though. Miretti. That really hurts, yeah. Miretti this with is, the I was about to say it, Moretti, uh, Fagioli. Mm -hmm. um, they've they've got some young players that could step in. True. Um, I don't even think has has Rabiot left. Uh, has I think Rabiot yeah, I think he's, he's there, there still. He's still there, but I don't okay. like to say Rabiot because I've got my. Yeah. He's not my style of player. I I don't know. Uh, yeah, I've got even for the French national team. I'm like, put Kamavinga there already. You know what I mean? I know. Like why Rabiot? Rabiot but, he just he just you, keeps coming back. But, but even Gendouzi too. But yeah, it's. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's no, better. I, but but I have to ask you, like Juventus, mm -hmm. you got Inter, you've got AC Milan. AC yes. Milan, I, I think, still has you know maybe a shoulder height above, or I don't even know what that means, a head length mm -hmm. above uh, the other two as it stands. I don't see Lazio or Napoli necessarily coming in. Ah, or Roma, I have a team. Roma, yes, I was gonna get to that. <laughs> yes, look, they're looking interesting. I, Dybala, I mean, mm -hmm. Dybala behind Abraham. I mean, I'm starting yes. to get jazzed up about this. Mm -hmm. um, but the, the question I was getting at is, do you think there's any of these Italian teams um, that could make a run in the Champions League? I mean, they all still seem much inferior mm. to I, yeah. the, you know, Real Madrid, Okay, maybe you throw Barca in there. I don't know because I, I don't, don't think they're at the same level. But definitely still. Premier League. Agreed. Yeah, I, I agree uh, with you. I think Milan are making a team in two, three years, maybe, to be in that yeah. debate. If they keep a tail right. long term, a Tonali, a Tomori, in two, three years, I could see a Charles de Ketzeler being the player, the the icon in the Belgian national team too. Yeah. Uh, I could see that happening, but yeah. next season, it all depends, man. Pioli and Maldini, Ibrahimovic too. Yeah. He's a big effect in that locker room. Champions League games. We'll wait yeah. and see. I, 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 I don't have final thoughts on that. But and don't you, forget, don't yes. forget Giroud. Don't uh, forget Giroud. He's there. He is he's one there. of the most underrated players ever in the Absolutely. history of football for the national team. 
And at every club he's passed. I believe. And the national team, Giroud's major underrated. Benzema wasn't available. Giroud had to step up at that time. And yes, you mentioned Roma. That I believe, look, I'm going to go bold and say Roma, in my opinion, will definitely be a contender next season in Serie A. But the problem with Roma is they're very dependent on Tammy and Dybala. This can be a problem, but it can be something magnificent too if they never get injured. So that's what sure. I got to say. It's the dependence of these two players. Yeah. So and Mourinho's he's got to step it up, right? He's got to go from winning the Europa Conference League to mm-hmm. winning the Europa League. True. Um, and I no, do not believe I mean, Zaniolo and Dybala playing at the same time is good. I yeah. do not support those comments. I've seen some people say that on Twitter. And in my opinion, they just don't watch the game if they say that. Because that's why a player like Wijnaldum is coming to Roma. Dybala yeah. needs a midfielder like Wijnaldum. And Zaniolo needs a midfielder like Wijnaldum to support their creativity. And not every player can lose the ball in a midfield people, okay? So yeah. Matic, Wijnaldum, Dybala... Sheesh, Louise, that is going to be very nice. So, yeah, buddy. well, we, we will be watching Syria this uh, season for sure. And mm-hmm. uh, just one last point about Syria and yes. uh, transfers. Must have been a pretty awkward conversation in the uh, Maldini household mm. um, to have to. And I know it probably wasn't his dad delivering him the news. Mm. Uh, but Daniel Maldini was finally uh, sent out on loan so he could play regularly. Um, and Daniel Maldini is a, uh, he's a striker, right? Yeah. Striker. Midfielder. He probably play in mid, is he a midfielder? Yeah. I've I think seen he can him play up and down. I can play him. I think he can play up and down, um, there, but they have sent him on loan to a very young Spitia mm-hmm. uh, team that will actually, I mean, to be honest, it's the right move, but it's gotta be weird in that household to know that your dad was probably in on that conversation, uh, about whether or not you should be heading out on loan. Uh, and uh, I, I'm going to be watching him because you know what? There's a bunch of players uh, out there that mm-hmm. have kind of not resurrected their career, but that have jumped their career, um, uh, jump started their career uh, by going out on loan within Syria. Mm-hmm. Um, Gianluca Scamacca uh, did that a whole bunch uh, before Sassuolo finally gave him uh, the, the time of day. And he was good enough to be there. And boom, he he rewards them with a season to remember and then lands a massive move to West Ham in the Premier League. True. So uh, Spezia, whether it's, you know, there's so many guys. Pinamonte, there's mm-hmm. uh, Raspadori, there's um, who are other guys out there? Esposito um, on Colombo. loan to Anderlecht. Esposito on loan to Anderlecht, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, it, there's, there's a lot of guys, a lot of these promising Italian strikers that um, – yeah, but they, there's loads the too to the Serie A. And my final point uh-huh. is with the Serie A. It's how good will Lukaku be this season with Inter? Will he be levels like when he left at Inter? Or will he be the yeah. same player we saw at Chelsea? That for He'll me the- is the biggest doubt. The dependency of Tommy Abraham at Roma that I mentioned does work yeah. too with Lukaku at Inter. They are dependent yeah. on how good Lukaku is so <laughs> yeah I mean maybe maybe this Romelu Lukaku thing was some long game some long play mm. by Inter Milan to just get money injected into their coffers and Chelsea was a willing player was a willing fool in this game Sad where they're like yeah the here's case. 100 and some and we'll sign him for 8 million on loan and pay his wages at the end but there we go we we still Sad. bet what hundred million euros plus um, when all is said and done, and we get Lukaku back. 
Well, um, so biggest thing I, I think it's going to be mm-hmm. Lukaku at home, Lukaku at Inter. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be fine, and I think you can expect at least 20 goals from him. Shush! Week. And let's see how Lautaro and Barella, if he stays, hopefully all mm-hmm. the Inter fans will want Barella <laughs> to stay. So mm-hmm. put down below your thoughts about the Scudetto race. Who will win the Serie A title race? Put down below your bold choices. We want to see those choices down below in the YouTube comments section. Yes, and yes, transfer <laughs> transfers. Here, at, here, I want to mention your Chelsea too, man. Because Chelsea, as it seems, yes, they got bullied by Barca, but they need to sign a centre-back and a couple of players too. Fabricio said 2-3, but definitely a centre-back. And I see Pavard has rejected. Mm-hmm. I've got here on my notes. And Kvartiol, mm-hmm. Leipzig will not negotiate anything for Joshko Kvartiol, just like they said in the past with Nkunku. So... Yeah. Mm, they just they just lost Mukiele. I don't blame them, right? They it's, just lost Mukiele. So good point. I, I, I and I know that the here we go <laughs> treatment uh, for Chelsea fans over mm-hmm. the weekend. Uh, they probably wanted to see a center back, it's and it's instead it's... they saw they saw Gaga Slanina, mm-hmm. um, who unfortunately, I mean, listen, listen, Gaga Slanina could could pan out for them, but they are paying fifteen million bucks. True. Uh, for a 18 years old now, maybe uh, 18 year old goalkeeper <laughs> mm-hmm. with 10 plus clean sheets. Um, but when it comes down to it, Good I move. think most Chelsea fans. Uh, yeah, I mean it's a, it's a great move. I, do I think he's ever going to actually don Chelsea's shirt? I Hopefully. hope so. Yeah, I hope so. But like, it's he's still so damn young. Yeah, he's so young. And if I'm Chicago, I take the money. Mm-hmm. I take that money. Why? Because they also have a kid behind him. His name's Chris Brady, and he's. I think every bit is good or just close to maybe as Sheesh. good as Gaga Slanina. Slanina, just people don't know his name Remember yet. Name. Uh, and he doesn't have 10 clean sheets to his name. But ultimately, that's not a worry because it doesn't affect the Chelsea of right now. The Chelsea of right now needs a center back and they can't find one. Um, mm-hmm. So what do you do? I think you do what you had to do with Shalaba last year. Mm-hmm. You give him a shot. You hey. let Shalaba, you give him a run. No. You let Levi Colville run. Gonna happen. You know? Not gonna it's happen. It's probably not gonna happen. Tuchel but... and Tuchel is a demanding coach. Like Tuchel, he is. I feel like he he like he's gonna this week we're gonna see a center back going to Chelsea. I do not You're know who, right. but the news yeah. of David Ornstein he revealed said Leicester are demanding <laughs> eighty five to a hundred million for Wesley Fofana, and understandably they're asking that if they sold Harry Maguire in the past for that yeah. same transfer fee i believe they're gonna get maybe 50 60 and a player in the deal and that's how they'll justify that center back transfer fee to leave leicester because yes they, they have to Bro, justify huh? their fan base if a player like him imagine if wesley fofana hadn't got an aacl injury how much would he have cost <laughs> how much insane so chelsea going bold the right way getting fofana but for the price tag, it's a big risk. Eighty-five million, if that's the case. Big now risk. Now you said there there might be a player going back the other direction. Yes. Who would it be? Broha? Uh ah, interesting call. But I do not know who. I do not know who. I I feel like yeah. they're trying to release Werner at all costs, but Werner doesn't seem to to glue anywhere. Yeah. Not at Leipzig, yeah. not at Newcastle, maybe Le- yeah. Leicester. But uh I don't know. I don't know. But does I it, mean Yeah, it's just a rumor. Yeah. It, it, it is weird to me, though, that, like, okay, mm-hmm. Bro, Broha is what? He's probably right now the only, like, unadulterated nine 
mm-hmm. right, that they have, right? The only true blue true. nine. Um, true. And uh, obviously they, they, you know, Tuchel sees them in training. Uh, we don't get to see things that close. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just it just amazes me that there's not even a talk uh, much striker. Of, difficult. of him. Yeah, of him getting any sort of game time. Like mm-hmm. it is a foregone conclusion, not if. Uh, it's just a matter of when uh, mm-hmm. that Broha is on his way out the door. And um, on his way out, I can say right now, it's Kepa, okay? The news says Kepa will be out the door. Ross Barkley and another number nine, Michi Bachuai, reports that oh, yeah. will finally leave Chelsea, okay? Because, come on, for Michi, it ain't fair. I've seen glimpses of great <laughs> moments of Michi Bachuai. So let's wait and see, and hopefully he will have wherever he goes. And we got players like Ross Barkley, Billy Gilmore. <laughs> their future could be at Everton, but they still need to define their future. So there's a oh, lot yeah. of doubts of still what's going to happen with those players. So I, Chelsea still have to organize a lot. But Todd Boyle oh, yeah. getting Gagaslon in. <laughs> I mean, it, it. It, is, it, is, it is amazing. It's a, it's a very odd... Uh, feeling to have heading into this this season mm-hmm. uh, for Chelsea, uh, considering, well, then again, I mean, come on, the uncertainty that they had to go through near the end of last season and the beginning of this summer mm-hmm. uh, with obviously everything going on with their ownership um, and True. lack thereof. Uh, so I, I guess, you know, having a functional team mm-hmm. and heading into the season with a guy that definitely wants to uh, back the team financially uh, to make sure that they're in the running for things. That's great. Um, but it doesn't always translate to landing every transfer target you so choose. I agree. Um, I guess you, you need Xavi as a, uh, you, you need a guy that has true. never obviously man, never won a title managerially. Oh, come on. Um, <laughs> right. You need a guy, but Thomas Tuchel has problems getting his transfer targets, yeah. but Xavi, he gets whatever he wants. Because, when yeah. It comes down to it. It, it amazes play. me. Really good. I, I Conde. You. I understand I Conde being impressed with Xavi. <laughs> I, I got you. But but my guess is that my guess is that six months from now we're gonna be looking at Xavi uh and there are gonna be there will be critical lights shined upon him. Mm. Um Xavi is not the best manager on the planet. Uh, um he I certainly agree. doesn't have the C V of one. Still. Um, but nobody, nobody wants to talk uh critically about him from a managerial perspective. Why? Because there's you know, okay, he turned he turned rags the riches or something, whatever you want to call it last season. He brought them up, but there's still so much more to go. Mm-hmm. And yes, players help. Uh, okay, a balance sheet he doesn't care about because That's... yes, he wants to make an impact right now. Well, with, um, with Chelsea, it'll... it's like is Frankie De Jong gonna go to Chelsea? Well, going with yeah. all what you said, like is as it seems, Xavi play them at centre back, and there's a, a reportedly saying that. Man United, Frankie doesn't want, but Chelsea to London reportedly accepts. Do you believe there's a bit of truth with that? I mean, I don't know. I don't believe anything coming out of that camp uh, as it stands. I think I think they use media very very well um, over over in Barcelona. Um, so I'll, I'll believe it when Frankie uh, when Frankie's new wife, right? Didn't he just get married to his he like did. high school sweetheart or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
when she when she is spotted in London uh, searching for houses or something, that's when I'll believe it. Okay. So Maybe, put not then. I won't believe it then either. I'm sorry. I'm not going to believe it then either. <laughs> well, he is um, until leave. he's wearing blue. I won't. I won't believe it. I do believe he is going to leave though. Still, this transfer window. Yeah. But let's wait and see. Put down below your thoughts about everything that we just said <laughs> and about Chelsea, the transfers, the bold choices. And yeah, I just love to see, man. I agree. Some things that you, some bold thoughts, but oh, man, with Barca, it's just going to be <laughs> different. Yeah. Hey, I told you, it's not that I'm going to vote or root actively against Barcelona. Mm -hmm. um, I mean... Come but, on. but you uh, mentioned it, Leicester fast. We mentioned Leicester with Fofana. Uh -huh. Another player I want to mention fast is like James Madison. James Madison, yeah. as it, like for me, he would not go to any other top six team. Arsenal were the team that mm. were interested in James Madison in the past. But seeing United get it, Eriksen, must make James mm -hmm. Madison think, okay, I need to rethink my future. And seeing Newcastle bidding $50 million to Leicester for James Madison makes me think that is the right move for him. The number 10 at Newcastle next to Brun Guimarães is going bold the right way, in my opinion. And what I got to say, this transfer policy of Newcastle is no risks. Nick Pope is not a risk. Botman for the fees come is not a risk. And Madison mm. staying in the Prem, going to a team that wants to reach that top six, teams that rejected yeah. him in the past like Arsenal, it's a storyline. And Madison can go bold in that team with Eddie Howe. And I do think he fits the bill. And Cornet, mm -hmm. I like that transfer a lot. Sneak him off of Burnley because he's got more than talent to play in the Champions League. And at Newcastle, 17 million reported fee. Great, great, yeah. great move. Hold so. on, I thought only Everton players could, or only Everton could sign Burnley players. <laughs> well, I thought that was the only thing that could happen. They um, did sign another one. Yeah, <laughs> they did. They did. They're just bringing it in, uh, raking it in, and, and mm -hmm. I'll be a hundred percent honest with you. We'll we'll talk about Dwight McNeil in a second. I love, I mm -hmm. love, love, love that signing. Um, but I, I am going to take the other side of the James Madison um, mm -hmm. debate here. I mean, I have worries about Madison. Uh, yeah, and you know he's been injured too. Uh, he's mm -hmm. been injured, I think, more than he's been healthy over the last what twelve to eighteen months. Yes, um, at Leicester. Yeah, yeah, I, absolutely. I mean, there's great, great, great qualities. Can you find a better ten? Yes. Um... Can Newcastle find a better ten? They had, they have even barely scraped the the capacity of their checkbook right now. Mm -hmm. Okay, true. They could do a whole lot more. Um, and if you're going to go out there. And f and find a ten. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I would start somewhere else. I like I, I just like Madison because he stays in the league. Yeah. English player. Yeah. They do need an English core, I believe. Players like Shelby too. There, like Dan right. Burn. I, I like that Trippier, okay. Madison. Maybe I I I. But I do think think long term the Champions League yeah. ambitions of Newcastle. I agree. Maybe Madison shouldn't start, but being there. As a role player, understanding what Newcastle want for the present and future, I like that yeah. move. I like that. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. put that below your thoughts about this <laughs> Newcastle move. What do you think? Do you agree, disagree? But you ever, you mentioned Everton fast, right, McNeil? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, listen, I, I have to – I'll say this about Everton, mm -hmm. okay? 
Um, I, I honestly do believe that this is getting to the point where we're, we're at West Ham multiple seasons ago status, mm. where it feels like everything coming out of the camp, including the words from Frank Lampard, are negative. Mm-hmm. There's no real transfer activity that makes anybody's, you know, blood boil or, or you know, gets people excited about anything. Um, and, and I get it. It feels all doom and gloom from Goodison Park. Um, out of that adversity, out of that narrative, sometimes comes a, a renewed sense of purpose. Mm-hmm. And I really do feel like there's a whole lot of players at Everton that want to prove themselves. And that does get you. It only gets you so far in the Premier League, but it can get you places. It can certainly get you well beyond the, there are three worse teams in the Premier League than Everton. Okay. But they don't want to be there long term. And I'm sure sure Frank Lampard does not think in that manner. Mm -hmm. So Dwight McNeil seems, and I think they overpaid for him, but ultimately Dwight McNeil is kind of one of those, like, it just fits. It just makes sense. And everybody out there that looks at his so many starts for Burnley, right? Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest reasons Burnley remained a Premier League season a Premier League squad for as many seasons as it did mm-hmm. was because of Dwight McNeil's uh, emergence, okay? Mm-hmm. And the fact that he was putting up those numbers, the mm-hmm. fact that he was, which aren't amazing, they don't light everybody, you know, on fire. Uh, the fact that he was some uh, one of the best dribblers in the league, okay? Mm-hmm. That he was unafraid to take men on in a defensive setup, okay? And doing it all at Burnley, that speaks volumes to me. And it says to me that if you inject him into an Everton team that still has some quality here, has some promise, mm-hmm. has to, as a Dom Calvert-Lewin, definitely needs an injection of more players um, that they might not get. But yeah. I feel like Dwight McNeil, you could do a whole lot worse, and he will be, uh, by the end of the season, uh, a a better Demarai Gray mm. uh, in many respects for them. So I'm, uh, I'm really, really bullish for them on McNeil, and if that is the first deal that they do, Mm-hmm. That starts, you know, a renewed that renewed sense of purpose for Everton uh, players. I am a hundred percent here for it. So I think I, think, I you know, I, I don't know. I don't think they're going to get sucked battle. into relegation. I think I they don't. will. I, I have a feeling Lampard. Look, if Lampard starts wrong, if they start wrong, it's going to be down oh, the course. drain. And I believe last yeah. season, Richarlison was the hero. There was a huge hero call, just like Rafinha. Sure with Leeds but I just think Leeds comparing with Everton they're reinforcing themselves much much better than Everton so I have my doubts I have my doubts for Everton next season but Leeds are doing it with unproven players in the Premier League unproven players in the Premier League so there's a there's a leap that needs to happen as much as I want to see Brendan Aronson hit the ground running and like just kill oh, we've it seen in them his play. first season in the Prem. We've seen them oh, of play. Course. We've seen them play. But Dwight McNeil has done it. He's done it in the Premier League. He's done it before. Mm-hmm. Uh, he plays hard-nosed. He's he's everywhere. He's good on both sides of the ball. Um, I, I think if they can get more players like that, it might mm-hmm. be uh, hearkening back to the rough-and-tumble Everton of old. Um, but they, they at least have a foundation that they can start to build upon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, you're right. They're they're not there yet. Um, they're a hundred percent not there yet. Uh, but don't worry, they've started their new ground on the docks. Mm. Uh, they're ready to go. Uh, their financial future is, uh, is secure, but they got to have fans remaining uh, for them to actually take advantage of that. True. I just think 
I just think we've gotten so far to the side of doom and gloom. Mm -hmm. And in some respects, it is completely warranted Mm -hmm. uh, on the Everton side that I think they're going to surprise us. Do I think they're going to surprise us to West Ham Mm -hmm. a couple years ago when they finished like seventh or eighth Mm -hmm. after being projected to finish so dang low? Uh, No, but I think they're going to be comfortably mid-table. Well, and getting a player like Idris Aguirre is the right move for that to happen. A return from him that didn't work out too well at PSG. And he can be considered a slut player because he doesn't play badly to be thrown out of PSG. Okay, I didn't see a bad display. So put down below your thoughts about Everton (laughs) next season. What's going to happen? Will they sign any more players? So yeah, put your thoughts down below. So any last shouts here in the podcast, Bretton? Oh, my goodness. Well, from a transfer perspective, we do have to shout out the Mexican mm-hmm. players that are moving yes. right now. Okay? Uh, I know uh, a couple, maybe at the beginning of the transfer window, uh, we were talking about how there just didn't seem to be a whole bunch of young Mexican players on the move that mm-hmm. were like being not being encouraged to leave Liga MX, True. Uh, being encouraged to go abroad. Um, and it, it does seem like uh, that is changing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Santiago Jimenez has has just joined Feyenoord for 4 million euros. Um, I don't think he's that great of a a striker, but ultimately, do I think if you're going to get the most out of Jimenez, um, Mm -hmm. I think Feyenoord can do very well. And for that price point, there won't be too much of an expectation on his shoulders. Uh, um, Jorge Sanchez, a right back, is probably going to be moving to to, uh, Ajax. Okay. Okay. Uh, for about four million, um, that concerns me. Uh, for Divine Wrench, I don't understand why you know IX went out and got Owen Vindal and then also got are going to be getting Jorge Sanchez. Like, come on, Divine Wrench is he not your right back or your left back? Like, mm-hmm. I, I think he's phenomenal, but maybe they're seeing something we're not because they also signed Calvin Bassey on the left side um, and center back. Center back. But ultimately, yeah. the big one that mm-hmm. we need to bring up is the thorn in the U.S. men's national team side. Every time he comes in, he <laughs> tends to score on us. And that's Diego Linas finally, finally moving on from Betis um, and finally joining a club um, that will most likely play him. Mm-hmm. Right, Alex? He will start. He will. Linas okay. will start. Actually, I had the chance to see a live announcement by the president of Braga <laughs> saying on the spot, Lainez is coming to Braga. And I was, what? Okay. This is, I was yeah. shook. No one knew. No news about this was uh, <laughs> in the, it was like in the, in, on Twitter. And when, once I saw it, I was like, 7 million by option? Betis spent 14 million to get Lainez. So yeah. for Braga, no risk. They have a year loan. They see how it works. Yeah. And then if it works out, they pay the 7 million and they sell him out. For the minimal fee of twenty million, considering that Lainez will have a role in the World Cup for Mexico, so Braga, yeah. in my opinion, went bold the right way. Twenty-two-year-old winger yeah. that will play in the World Cup too. What can you ask more? So Braga, yeah, very good. Very and good. and this is crucial for Ly- for Lainez. I mean, if you want to be in Tata Martino's best light, uh, mm-hmm. without going back to Liga MX, you have to be playing on the regular. Um, and, um, obviously, uh, Braga and Trincao had, uh, a, a very nice relationship for a while. I Mm -hmm. think you're going to find Lainez should do very well, uh, in the premier Liga, um, for, (laughs) for whatever time he's there. Um, but Mm -hmm. the, um, you know, the fact, the fact of the matter is, uh, is 
he needed this move. Mm-hmm. It is way, 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 way overdue. And I'm just happy for him that he got it done. And uh, we'll see if it's if, if it was for good reason that he kept on getting benched at Betis. <laughs> Um, or if he's as talented as we all think he is. I think he's just lost in the locker room, honestly. And in Mexico, he was just nurtured. They would, they really... Mexico is worried because, like, he's the future. And, like, Betis, they were like, we have money. We can, we have options, okay? So, Lainez, you have to prove yourself. Now, I yeah, think so- the same mentality at Mexico, he'll have it at Braga. Mm-hmm. Very team environment. Mm-hmm. And I want to give a shout-out to Rodrigo Gomes, my guy. You are going bold, go. and he will play for Braga next season. Rodrigo Gomes, jogas muito. Ricardo Horta, still at Braga. Roger Fernandes, the future of Braga, and Rodrigo Gomes. I am Good. very bullish for Braga talent. Dinis Nin- Rodrigues. 19? Yes, 19 Rodrigo. And can play it. Yeah, uh, no, winger. And can play it fullback winger, too. Okay. So that's oh, wow. it's a great wingback. So with Carvalhal, he was okay. great, great last season. But that goal, that goal this weekend of Rodrigo Gomes. See it. Rodrigo Gomes on YouTube. Check him out. Worth the watch. Okay. But yes, worth the watch too. The last thing I'm going to mention here on my end with the pod, it's the PSV win of the Super Cup because yeah. we have not Xavi Hernandez, but a different Xavi going bold, mm-hmm. okay? And the little time he had in that Super Cup, instant impact. And what a goal by Xavi Simmons and an introduction, a bold introduction to... Uh, in the era in the era de visa, no, that in, in Netherlands. Yeah. So yeah, and cool. and and it's going to come down to it. Unfortunately, PSV got bad news uh, in that game. Is Noni Madueke is going to be out? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Xavi Simons is going to he's going to find he's going to find some time this season. And mm-hmm. yeah, can you tell he scored a great goal? Mm-hmm. Uh, can you tell a whole lot from else from a 19 minute stint? Um, but. No, you can't. No. So we're going to find out a whole lot more when this ear to disease season starts. Um, but to me, I ask, I, I mean, I'm looking at it and I'm saying, I don't understand their transfer policy with mm-hmm. all of this money that came in. Okay. Uh, bringing in some of the players that they brought in um, completely underwhelming in many, many senses. And I, I think I got hit hard in the comments too, for this as well, but they're doing it again. And who knows, this could be a gem, but they're signing a 21 year old, Mm-hmm. Uh, Italian striker who's six foot seven, and I don't know the, your, um, I don't know what that is, one one meter, whatever. Uh, you know, it's Peter Crouch size. Okay, <laughs> Peter Crouch size. They're they're signing a twenty one year old Italian striker, Lorenzo Luca from Pisa, mm-hmm. who had six goals in Serie Serie B last season, and they're signing them for loan with a potential of double digit, well, uh, million, you know, fee. yeah. And it just kind of comes down to it, like this is not. This is not Ajax, when it, for me, from what? a transfer perspective. I just don't, Trust don't the youth. see it. Trust the youth. Right, right. but youth kind of like you and I have heard of. I get it. He's six foot seven, but there are, you know, bring in Andreas Schelderup from FC Norgeland. Bring in, you know, there are strikers out there that you should be looking. But no, you're buying the one striker that got away that you're paying extra for because he got money on hand. You're bringing in Brian Broby, uh, right? Like- um, I, I, I think Ajax. I think Ajax is going to have a tough time repeating. I I, I agree. There, I think they will. But keeping Anthony and Julian Timber yeah. is a big assignment if they're going to go for the Eredivisie. And Ajax fans, on my end, I'm going to say this: I love the Calvin Basie transfer, and I absolutely love the Chico Conceição for five million transfer. And I already see yeah. 
the 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 master and the apprentice type uh, relationship with Anthony and Chico Seisão. And that boy is a magician, Ajax fans. Beware yeah. to what's gonna come. Chico Seisão will go bold, and yeah, he's gonna go bold the okay. right way with Ajax. So yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I know I know we're running long on this, mm -hmm. and I gotta just bring this kid up. Um, mm -hmm. Austrian Bundesliga started. Obviously, everybody's eyes are always on Red Bull Salzburg because they're big in the Champions League and mm -hmm. they're winning the Bundesliga like it's nothing. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, they lost. They lost, and they lost to a team called Sturm Graz. Uh, but that's <laughs> not the reason why I'm bringing this up. The mm -hmm. reason why I'm bringing this up is because there were two goals scored by somebody I mentioned last podcast, and that was Rasmus. Holland, mm. um, Rasmus Winter Holland, who's 19. Um, he is a big mobile striker and frankly, somebody I should have gone after. I don't understand why they didn't. Uh, he scored both goals against Red Bull Salzburg. And I just have to say this, you and I have spent a lot of time talking about Roko Simic. We've talked mm -hmm. a, a lot about Benjamin Sesko and Seko Koita, Ko I don't know how mm -hmm. to say his last name. All these guys that have really made themselves in a great strike uh, forces or a great strike port force for Salzburg. This kid will challenge them this season for the Austrian Bundesliga uh, Golden Boot, and he will likely be a double-digit uh, transfer fee for somebody elsewhere. Syria, potentially mm -hmm. the year to the Z. Who knows? Um, so watch his name. Uh, watch him this season for Sturm Graz. Rasmus Winter Holland. I probably butchered his name, but I'm very, very, very excited about him. Mm -hmm. Two goals against Salzburg, man. Two goals. So, and that's the team that develops the talent. So if he's going bold yeah. with them, that's the right sign. So people, mm -hmm. put down below your wonder kid that we should have mentioned in this podcast. And if you're listening until now, do not forget to like this video, episode 66. Go bold. Let's get past this 300 likes. And if you're here until now, it means you enjoy what we're saying. And thank you. Thank you for going bold on a weekly basis with us. And thank you to listen for listening to episode 66 with me and Breton. Thank you and see you next week, community. And thank you for going bold.